these are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. I'm ready to talk about the most important players on defense for the San Francisco 49ers. And boy, is there a lot of players and a lot of question marks about this defense, even though it was number one in the NFL in 2022. 49ers Cutback on Believe, of course. This episode is going to be fun because I'm going to go through the 49ers defensive position players and talk about their importance. We did this with the offense and it sparked some very good conversation. A lot of people believing like me, Christian McCaffrey is the most important. Some very much still say it's Debo Samuel or Trent Williams, but now here we are on defense. And I think the defense is a little bit more interesting where yes, there's question marks at quarterback for the 49ers or right tackle. There are a few positions along the 49ers defense That are definitely up for grabs. We've seen players leave in free agency. We've seen players expected to step up. And then we've also seen the 49ers go out and get big time players in free agency for this defense. So that's one of the things we have to figure out is who's going to be most important for 49ers success in 2023. That's the key. And when you have a player like Nick Bosa, that's where you start. When you have 18 and a half sacks and you are the defensive player of the year he's the obvious choice right he's the most important or is he i think nick bosa's importance is definitely felt on this 49ers defense whether you're playing on the defensive line alongside nick bosa or you're playing behind him he definitely sets the tone for what you're going to see so if nick bosa is getting after the quarterback at the rapid pace he can that makes it easier for everyone on the defensive line to be able to get to the quarterback as well But not just that. It makes it easier for linebackers. They don't have to cover as long. When they're going ahead and trying to make tackles, uh, he sets the edge against the run. He keeps offensive linemen off them so they can roam free. It changes things for them. It also speeds up the time clock for a cornerback, which makes it easier for cornerbacks and safeties who are out in coverage. That's how his impact is felt. Not to mention how big a sack is for a defense that sort of play puts the offense behind the eight ball if it's a deep sack you're talking about a potential of it being a third and long situation and that could definitely change how a drive is progressing for an offense and how a defense plans to play it on third down now you could play coverage you could play off tackle underneath that rallying ability to make tackles underneath the sticks is a lot more convenient for your defense than having to stop them on third and one or third and four, which are manageable situations for an offense. So Bosa's ability to make it easier on the defense was felt in 2022. And that's something that the 49ers were always hoping they were going to get all the way since they drafted Solomon Thomas to be what they thought Nick Bosa was going to be. But Bosa's that guy. He is definitely one of the best defenders in the entire league, and he's going to get paid like it as well as he's in contract negotiations with the 49ers for an extension. 
fully expect him to get that done here as we're approaching training camp. It could happen at any time. And then they'll get Nick Bosa under contract for the next six or so years. So the 49ers having Nick Bosa is definitely something that changes the defense. But the 49ers didn't stop there. They went out and got another game changer in Javon Hargrave. He was, of, of course, the most double-team player on the entire Philadelphia Eagles team in 2022. The dude is an absolute beast. He's a wrecker in, against the pass. Uh, he gets after the quarterback at a nice rate. He had over 10 sacks last year in 2022, and his impact will be felt. He played 68% of the snaps for the Philadelphia Eagles, so he's going to be out there for the 49ers more than not. And he's going to be playing with a all-pro caliber uh, player, Nick Bosa, a Pro Bowl caliber player, Derek Armstead. This defensive line is going to be formidable. And what is the importance of Javon Hargrave besides him just rushing the passer is his ability to get penetration, get in the backfield, and make things happen for this defense. This is a defense that's predicated on putting the offensive uh, team on their heels, getting after them, making plays in the backfield, uh, making offensive linemen feel uncomfortable with how they have to go about blocking you, their scheme, when they're pulling. Uh, Hargrave is a wrecker because you have to be able to not only get after the passer, which Hargrave does at a high level, but you have to be able to stop the run as well. One of the reasons the 49ers decided to move on from a defensive tackle like DeForest Buckner, who is an absolute stud, an all-pro caliber player year in and year out, is because though he was very good against the pass, he struggled a little bit against the run. He would get pushed back at times and was somewhat uh, incapable of consistently stopping interior runs against really good offensive lines. And it's nothing against Buck. I think he's a really good player. But adding a Javon Hargrave just made you a little bit better. So where maybe you get a Pro Bowl caliber type player in Buckner, now you have an all-pro caliber player here with Javon Hargrave. So now you've got a guy in the interior that can do it at that level, and then you have an edge guy in Nick Bosa. Those two guys alone are going to make it difficult for offensive lines to be able to double-team both and then it's also going to screw up their blocking as far as pass protection. Running backs are going to have to give help instead of going out. Uh, it's just going to make life easier for all kinds of players, including linebackers, nickel corners, safeties. It's going to make it easier. You throw in the fact now, too, with this wrecker, if they're double-teaming him and they're double-teaming Bosa, it means less offensive players are going after your linebackers again in run fits. That is so important for this team to be able to stop the run on early downs, and prevent third and manageable. If it's third and six plus, this 49ers defense has a better chance of getting off the field. Last year, the 49ers were one of the worst defenses in the league of giving up third and under two to three yards uh, of you know, yardage, being able to give those up. Those were converted at a very high rate by opposing offenses. It was one of the most ridiculous things we saw during the season for the 49ers. So Hargrave's going to help with that. He's also going to make the importance of Eric Armstead felt even more because Eric Armstead last year, probably his importance uh, was seen because of his absence. The injuries that he suffered 
to his foot and his ankle didn't allow him to be on the field very much. And you notice that there was a internal presence missing with Armstead not there. Once Armstead moved to the interior defensive line in 2020, the 49ers defense changed. They got more stout against the run. They got more interior pass rush. It helped DJ Jones be a better player. He ended up getting a big contract on the open market. So Eric Armstead has had an importance. What is his importance now? Winning one-on-one battles. If they're paying attention to Hargrave and they're paying attention to Bosa, Armstead has to make sure he wins. If he doesn't and they're able to block him one-on-one, then the 49ers defense is going to struggle to get to the quarterback. If he can win those battles and all of a sudden they have to single up Bosa at times or Hargrave, then that gives them the opportunity to win on those matchups. Not to mention having Hargrave and Armstead stout against the run on the interior defensive line is going to be huge. That's going to allow the 49ers those opportunities we were talking about. Third and long is something that I know Coach Steve Wilkes wants. Those are the times not only can you play the sticks by sitting back and just rallying to tackle before the first down marker, but it also allows you to get hyper-aggressive. Third and 10, third and 11, here you go, nickel corner blitz, or uh, do a little zone blitz action, drop one of these guys off and bring somebody else. Bring Ufonga in the box and bring him off the edge. So all that is started, though, by a defensive line being able to make the plays that they make, which brings me to an importance probably that the 49ers haven't felt in a while is edge rusher opposite of Nick Bosa. They had D Ford for a while. It was Eric Armstead. And then they drafted, I mean, I'm sorry, they signed Samson Ebucom. Now they've drafted Drake Jackson. And Drake Jackson, Cleveland Farrell, who they signed from the Raiders, those are the two players that are expected now to play opposite of Nick Bosa. That importance of that position could be felt throughout the entire defense. Because we just talked about Armstead winning in one-on-one situations. Well, at times, with protection, the way that some teams can do it with max protect, you could single up one player on the defensive line and block everyone with protection. If that, in, in this case, is Drake Jackson or Cleveland Farrell, they have to win. There's no way around it. They have to win those one-on-one matchups. What we saw from Drake was an unpolished, unfinished product in 2022. But he knows that. He's put in the time and effort and work during the offseason. He's gotten 13 pounds bigger. He's stronger. He's probably just as fast or faster. And now he's going to be in better shape and more well-equipped to handle an NFL game NFL game, and NFL season. He hit that rookie wall about 13 games of the year and became inactive. Now the 49ers bring in a guy that the Raiders thought was a top-five pick in Cleveland Farrell. And Chris Kassarikson to try to work his magic and be able to develop him the same way he did with other scrap heap players. Players like Charles Aminahue or Arden Key, bringing them in and then having them make a huge impact. Kerry Hyder, a guy he was familiar with out of Detroit, comes in the 49er, into the 49ers organization in 2020, makes some huge plays, gets eight and, eight and a half sacks, and ends up signing a big contract with Seattle. Now, of course, he's back and playing for Kassarik, and he seems to always have success with Kassarik. So reclamation projects is what Kassarik is trying to do here with Cleveland Farrell. But the importance of one of those guys, Drake Jackson, Cleveland Farrell, Robert Beal, making an impact on this 49ers defensive line 
is huge. It's very important. To be honest, it doesn't matter which one of those guys does it. Just that one of them is able to step up into that role and play at a very high level. That will make it easier on Bosa, Armstead, and Hargrave. And if that happens, this defense goes from being really great. This defensive line goes from being really great to being absolutely excellent. They would be so tough to stop with a defensive end opposite of Bosa that can produce close to double-digit sack numbers. That makes them elite. That puts them in that category pass rushing like that 2019 San Francisco 49ers defense. So finding defensive linemen hasn't been a problem, but the importance of one of these guys stepping up is going to be absolutely huge. Now as we move back into the box, the 49ers have a duo of linebackers that is spectacular. Fred Warner, all-pro Fred, the best off-ball linebacker in the league. He's going to be making all the calls. He's going to be handling the conversations with Steve Wilkes, uh, but he's the leader of this 49ers defense. As much as Nick Bosa may be the best player on the 49ers defense, Fred Warner is the leader on the 49ers defense. The guy just knows. He has the instincts. He has the ability. He's great in coverage. He's great tackling. He's great against the run. He's so smart. It's one of the funnest things to watch. If you just sit back and watch Fred Warner in these games, you see him having that chess match back and forth with opposing offenses as he figures out what they're doing, listens to their calls, makes adjustments. Uh, Fred Warner is the quarterback of the defense, and he does it at such a high level. His importance to this 49ers defense is felt in a variety of different ways. But I think where it's most felt is how he has a calming presence, exciting exuberance when it's time to be that type of player, but also the intelligence to make sure that he gets everyone where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. And then the thought process of just stacking good plays, you know, being deliberate with your reps, being deliberate with your intentions are something that Fred Warner does at an extremely high level. So he's the perfect guy to be, you know, the middle linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, we've seen him kind of come on the scene under Robert Sala and then excel to new heights under D'Amico Ryans. Let's see what Steve Wilkes can do with a talented player like Fred Warner here in 2023. But his importance is definitely significant to the 49ers defensive success. And Dre Greenlaw, his counterpart, whew, has he been spectacular? His tackling is some of the best in the league. The fact he's been improving in coverage. He made so many big plays in 2022, including covering uh, Mike Isecki out in the flat and being able to get the ball out of his hands on a huge fourth down play. One of the things about Drake Greenlaw is he just gets better, but he also brings intent when he hits. He's like Mike Tyson on the football field. He absolutely lays people out. We've seen him had to come up with some growth, making a little bit of mistakes here and there with late hits uh, and some sort of the penalties that he was getting, but he's learned from those and he's grown. You've seen him just fly around. There are some plays that he made during the 2022 season that show his ability. The guy is technically sound in his footwork. He gets downhill. He's able to read and find the necessary places to go through the line of scrimmage and make tackles. The guy finds every area you're supposed to be. 
He's spectacular. And the 49ers have the best linebacker duo in the entire NFL. And Dre Greenlaw is important to that success. Maybe more so now that Aziz Alshire is gone. Before, if Dre went down, you knew you could count on Aziz Alshire to come in and play. But now we need Dre Greenlaw to stay healthy, to stay on the field, and to make sure that he can make plays. Because with Aziz Alshire going out, the importance of who fills that Sam linebacker spot has never been this heightened under uh, Coach D'Amico Ryans or Steve Wilkes. Of course, they had question marks about these players under Robert Sala, but they went out and they drafted Drake Greenlaw, spent money you know, on other players. So a guy like Oren Burks is going to have an opportunity to step into that role. Now, of course, it could always be Demetrius Flanagan Fowles or one of the young cats, you know, Jalen Graham, uh, D. Winters. Those guys are possibilities. Undrafted free agent Marcelino McCurry Ball. All of them could be competing. I think the most obvious choice is Oren Burks. He was drafted pretty high uh, in 2018. He's got a lot of su- he's had a lot of success on special teams, but we saw really good tape from him in the times he came in and played. Whether Greenlaw was out or Aziz Alshire was out. He came in and played that Sam linebacker spot. He's big, he's physical, fast, pretty good in coverage. Oren Burks is definitely capable. Can he play at the level of Aziz Alshire? That's another question. He has to go out there and prove it. One of the most interesting things about playing the 49ers is how much do you want them in nickel? How much do you want them in sub packages? Are you going to keep them at a 30%, which seems to be the league average of times are in base down base four three sets, seventy percent in the nickel or sub packages, or is that number gonna go higher? Because when Aziz Alshire played for the 49ers, there were times when teams would allow them to have their base package on the field 22, 23% of the time. That's even less snaps. So I'm curious how much that number goes up. That m- number might go up by how well Oren Burks plays. He plays at a high level, able to get in there in those run fits, uh, be there for that cutback lane, be able to cut these plays off and make tackles in the backfield. If he can do all those things, then they're probably going to just go back to doing whatever. They're not going to be able to manipulate the 49ers through personnel groupings. So I'm really curious what the 49ers do at the Sam linebacker spot because that's a big, big place where teams can possibly take advantage of the 49ers if Burks isn't up to snuff to what Al Shair was in 2022. Next up, I want to talk about Isaiah Oliver because we're talking about sub packages. And when you're talking about sub packages, you're talking about that nickel corner coming on the field. Coach Steve Wilkes said, hey, we went out and we got the best nickel corner on the market. And they needed to. The 49ers had question marks about Nickel corner going into 2022, they thought maybe they figured it out with young players like Sam Womack or Diameter Lenore. But ultimately, because of injury, it ended up being Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward left in free agency and headed to Houston, which meant you had to avoid a nickel. And the 49ers went out and got Isaiah Oliver out of Atlanta. And Oliver has been a very good nickel in the league. And part of the reason he's been good is his ability at stopping the run. What we talked about earlier with Oren Burks was, hey, we want to keep Oren Burks on the field to take advantage of past situations, get favorable matchups with personnel groupings to take advantage of him that way. But when you get into sub packages like your nickel, they want to take advantage of 
the nickel corner in the run game. Spread them out, be able to use wide receivers uh, and tight ends to get on these nickel corners and then create lanes to run the football. Well, Isaiah Oliver is one of the best at, at tackling and stopping the run in the league. He was one of the best at run fits in 2022. So the 49ers have three guys that are very capable in the secondary, and Isaiah Oliver is one of them. So his importance is going to be there. We heard it talked about last season that the nickel corner was basically your third linebacker at times. The way they have to handle run fits, they have to be able to step up and make those plays and fill gaps when that's their responsibility. So Isaiah Oliver's importance to this team is huge, especially with the trend of the NFL going to more spread, three, four, five wide receivers, and finding these favorable matchups. You need a nickel that can not only match up in the pass, but in the run game as well. So the 49ers go with a six-foot, 210-pound corner who has a physicality to play a nickel corner in the run game, but also to cover in the open field as he was drafted and had the ability to play outside corner in this league. So it was a huge pickup for the 49ers, and his importance is absolutely spectacular to this team. If he can stabilize a play at a high, even higher clip than Jimmy Ward did last season, the 49ers are going to feel very comfortable. It's, it's one of those positions that is becoming increasingly uh, more important for teams around the NFL, what you could do with that nickel corner. And I think Isaiah Oliver was a big pickup for the San Francisco 49ers. Geometer Lenore moved outside last year after the injury to Emmanuel Mosley. Now Mosley's gone, and Lenore is coming off a really big season down the stretch. Struggled a little bit early on, giving up receptions, but when the 49ers got to the playoffs... I mean, he was keeping receivers under 30% on their completion percentage. He came up with key interceptions. He came up in the run and made huge tackles. Yamra Lenore is coming on the scene. He's a hyena. That's what he calls himself, and that's how he plays. And he's going to be laughing all the way to the bank if he can have another big season. But Lenore's importance is huge because he's playing opposite of Charverius Ward. Charverius Ward is a top 10 corner in this league. He locked down can play you one-on-one, can slide inside if needed, can play zone, can play, can play man concepts. He can just do it all, but he can stop the run as well. So when they are not being able to go after Mooney Ward, they're going to go after Lenore. And Lenore has to make them pay for it like he did in the playoffs. That's what his importance is. If they can allow cheap catches, quick throws to get the ball out, and Lenore struggles that's going to kind of take away from what this 49ers defensive line can provide. Yeah, they can speed up the clock, but if a quarterback's able to get rid of the football early because Lenore can't cover at the level the 49ers are expecting, well, then that's going to be problems for this 49ers defense. So the importance of the corners on the outside is huge, and Lenore may be more than any of the other corners on the team. Even though we talked about Oliver's increased role on the field, Lenore's going to be out there all the snaps on the field. He's going to be asked to go against some of the best wide receivers in the entire league. And when you're playing guys like Cooper Cup, uh, DK Metcalf, you're just going to have good competition every single time you go out there. And they're different. Cooper Cup and DK Metcalf couldn't be further uh, from the same sort of player. They're absolutely different in all kinds of ways. Yet you have to be able to match up and compete with them at a high level. Lenore has the ability, but we'll see if he's able to do it. If he starts getting burned, the importance of that second corner spot without Emmanuel Mosley on the roster 
it is, it's one of the most important for sure. Now I'm going to talk about Tauno Ufonga because Tauno Ufonga's ability to be a playmaker in the back end of the defense was felt for the entire 49ers roster in 2022. From him making turnovers to him helping Tayshawn Gibson make turnovers, but also his instincts on the field. Learning that not only is pre-snap uh, reads as important as post-snap reads, I think is one of the things I like about Hufanga's growth. But he brings an excitement, he brings an enthusiasm, and he brings a playmaking ability that this 49ers defense absolutely needs in 2023. The 49ers produced turnovers in 2022 like they hadn't done in previous seasons. Some seasons, it felt like they couldn't get turnovers. And then last year, Hufanga comes on the scene, and him and Gibson started creating turnovers at a very high level. And whenever you can get four or five uh, interceptions in a season, you're making things happen for your defense. And Hufanga provided that. You throw in big plays like the pick six off Matthew Stafford uh, to the house in week four against the Rams, and you've got a player that changes football games. That game went from being a one-score game to being the 49ers taking over and blowing out the Rams. That's what those big-time plays do for your defense. And Ufonga stabilized that back in. And now his role is even more significant. Because even though they have Tayshawn Gibson and he's going to be a stabilizing veteran presence in that secondary, you're replacing Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward had been a leader on this football team for years. And he had been with the 49ers organization for nine seasons. So replacing that with a young player isn't always easy. Now, Hufanga's been around the block a couple of years and definitely has the respect of his peers. But I think that's going to be one of the most interesting things to watch is seeing Hufanga's elevation as a leader. Fred Warner is the leader of the defense, but Taunu Hufanga is a leader of the secondary. And that's going to be fun to watch. And I want to see what his growth is like from what his pre-snaps are to what he lets his eyes see post-snap. Sometimes he would jump the gun with his pre-snap reads, and it led to dirty eyes and him getting beat a little bit. But I felt like at the end of the year, he figured it out. He learned that, hey, this gives me an idea, but it doesn't exactly tell me what the play is going to be. When he started trusting his instincts post-snap, he returned to form of who Talanoa Ufanga is. So we have all these options for the 49ers defense and who's the most important. And from some of them are filling roles of other players, stepping into a Sam linebacker spot that is vacant, a defensive end opposite of Nick Bosa that is open, you know, a nickel corner spot that was filled by a 49ers favorite in Jimmy Ward, a guy like Emmanuel Mosley moving on and Diamond Lenore consistently getting those reps. So with defense, it's a little bit different than the offense on who's the most important. It's easy to say it's Nick Bosa, I think he's very obvious for what he provides as 49ers defense. Fred Warner for being the captain and putting everyone in positions. Yes. I think the most important, though, for the 2023 season is not one of the big-time players, but what you're going to get from the defensive end opposite of Nick Bosa. If that defensive end, like Drake Jackson, is able to get six to eight sacks in, in his sophomore season, the 49ers defense is elite. If Cleveland Farrell's able to start and get six to eight sacks. This 49ers defense is elite because a little bit more production than what you were getting from Ebicom and Aminahue means that your defense has taken another step forward with Javon Hargrave. That would make this defensive line elite. That makes Hargrave better, Armstead better, and heaven forbid for opposing offenses, 
Bosa better, which in turn makes it easier for linebackers and makes them better, which makes the secondary better. So yeah, I mean, there's easy choices and you might think Nick Bosa is the most important or Javon Hargrave or Fred Warner or Talano Ufonga and all those things are correct. But for the 2023 season, the most important is going to be who starts opposite of Nick Bosa and whether they can make an impact in 2023. The 49ers defense is exciting. It's going to be fun. And the question marks are still there as we head into training camp. What will Steve Wilkes wrinkles be for this 49ers defense? How will the new players step up? Who's going to start a defensive end? Sam linebacker. Those are question marks. We have to find out during training camp and all that stuff is going to be happening in less than a week. Now training camp is here and on the horizon and football is on its way. Super excited about everything that we're going to be able to talk about in the oncoming weeks, because as soon as training camp happens, we are just moments away from uh, preseason starting The four years having those joint practices with the Raiders at the beginning of August, uh, then the preseason starts. So we're going to get questions or we're going to get answers to these questions really, really quick. So, Everyone, lock in. Let's get ready for the 49ers 2023 push for a six Lombardi. I'm super excited about it. Uh, it's I love when football season's here. Tangible football to talk about. Offensive, I mean, off-season storylines are coming to an end, and in-season storylines are just around the corner. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. Let me know what you think about who would start at these positions and who's the most important. Also, if you're listening on a traditional platform, give this a five-star rating. I'd really appreciate that so much. Uh, But I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.